Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 7th. 2017. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I am back from my vacation. Good to be back in the saddle once again for another edition of Locked On Magic. I hope you all uh, were, were held over by Tuesday's episode uh, with the Facebook Live. I apologize for the technical difficulties. I, I wanted to do that as a test run because we are starting to do more of those uh, with the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, so hopefully we'll be doing another one later on this week up on the Locked On Podcast Network's uh, Facebook page. So be sure to check that out. It's facebook.com slash Pods, if I'm not mistaken. A lot, of, a lot of exciting stuff going on with the Locked On Podcast Network, if you do not know. Of course, NFL season is getting ready to start, so be sure to check out your favorite team's Locked On Podcast for that. And of course, every NBA team, just about every NBA team is covered with the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm sure we will have lots to talk about uh, as the summer's beginning to wind down, so things have slowed down for a lot of the other podcasts, but everyone should be posting something once the schedule comes out, and it does look like the schedule is getting set to come out uh, within the next week or two, according to to several reports that are out there. For me, this episode is me playing catch-up. We're going to be talking a little bit more about some of the preseason expectations uh, that uh, are, are beginning to, to surface out there about this team and about what everyone believes the Magic are going to do this year. Uh, so I'll, I'll briefly touch on those. Uh, not a lot of news happened. Patricio Garino was cut. That was pretty much expected. Maybe not at this point of the season as as well. Now Marcus Georges Hunt and Patricio Garino are no longer with the Orlando Magic, the roster currently sits at 15 players. I imagine there'll be a couple other players that come in for Lakeland, uh, for Lakeland, for training camp, for training camp. Uh, but pretty much the roster is what it is. So we've officially hit the dead point in the NBA season and the NBA calendar. So let's talk about expectations. But before we really dive into expectations, uh, let me just say a quick couple quick words about uh, the Afri- the NBA Africa game. Uh, I was on the West Coast for my vacation, so I did not get a chance to watch it live. I caught the very, very end of it. Seemed like a very exciting game. Uh, very happy that the people of Johannesburg got a, a good show. Victor Oladipo had a fantastic game. Emmanuel Moutier had a fantastic game for Team Africa. Uh, but Team World won, uh, which featured Kristaps Porzingis, Andre Drummond, uh, uh, Courtney Lee, Jalen Brown had, had a good showing. It seemed like Kyle Lowry was also on that team. Seemed, it just seemed like a good exhibition game. Uh, of course, the headliner for the Magic on that was that Bismack Biombo played for Team Africa. He's a, a proud, proud resident of the uh, of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, so he was uh, very excited to be part of the NBA Africa game. He was not able to take part in it two years ago. Uh, but... As you might expect, Bismack Biombo scored five points, 
three rebound and three rebounds in 12 minutes. Missed all three of his shots. All of his points came from the foul line. Committed four fouls. Kind of got some internet heat for taking a hard foul on Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, but this is not the type of the type of uh, setting that Bismack Biombo uh, is best at. So I, without having watched the game. I'm not worried about Bismack Biombo's meager stat line. Kyle Lowry did not have a good stat line either. I think everyone thinks he'll be okay this se- this season. So it, to me, this is an exhibition game. It, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, it doesn't tell me anything about how Bismack Biombo is going to be this year. I, I think that he's likely going to come off the bench as the backup center. I don't. I, although some people have suggested this, I don't think Maurice Bates is going to threaten him on that. Um, you know, maybe spot minutes here or there, but. Biombo, he still provides a ton of athleticism, still provides a ton of shot blocking, uh, and is a guy that will make that kind of a difference for the Magic this year. What's most important about the whole experience with NBA after the NBA after game, and, and all, in addition to Biombo, Magic assistant coach David Adelman took took part in the game as well as an assistant coach for Team Africa. But really, the purpose of this game was to. Bring NBA basketball to the continent of Africa in, in, in at least a small measure. I, I think there is certain, and I learned this in journalism school, um, but there is a certain media, bias isn't the right word, but but the media in the United States does not cover issues and issues throughout the continent of Africa very well. They tend to treat Africa as one monolithic co- country and culture, which it certainly is not. Uh, but... The NBA took itself to the continent of Africa, played the game in Johannesburg, South Africa. They had basketball without borders in South Africa, I believe, as well, too, which is a big basketball clinic for some of the top prospects in Africa. In Africa, It's how Luke Mbamute was discovered, as well as several other players in the NBA now were discovered from the Basketball Without Borders program. So it, that part of it was really the, the, the big part of the whole the whole trip is to build the grassroots uh, of basketball uh, in the uh, on the African continent as, as best as the NBA can. Bismack Biombo, of course, has taken it a, a second step uh, because he came from the Democratic Republic of Congo. He actually escaped the war torn con- the the country was war torn when he was growing up. He, he 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 wasn't quite a refugee, but he was identified as a basketball talent. He signed a contract overseas and, and literally had to leave the country essentially by foot. I don't think it was completely by foot. Um, his story is really incredible, actually. Uh, but he continues to go back to his homeland every summer and, and, and do something good for for, his, for the people of his country, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, Biombo, among the many things that he's done, he spent a lot of his, his summer over there, has built... He, every summer he goes back, builds basketball court. He, he just opened a new school uh, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, and, and he funds a scholarship to bring students from the DRC to the United States for their education. So Bismack Biombo is, is truly one of the great humanitarians uh, on the magic. I, I, I would certainly venture to guess that, that he is a front runner and should be, a, as long as he's on the Magic, a, a consistent finalist for the DeVos and Richmond Award. Uh, he makes a big difference in the lives of children in his homeland. Uh, if you read Mark Spears' article from The Undefeated uh, last year on Biombo, a lot of people think that he's going to end up being the, he's going to end up being a, 
a, a very successful politician in that country because of uh, how much he gives back and how much he's cared uh, about about his homeland while he's making a, a living playing basketball. So uh, I think that, to me, is the real purpose of this trip, uh, to, to, to find a way to give back in some way, uh, which Biombo has been doing with, even without the NBA's presence there. So uh, I, I think Biombo was very, very happy um, – I was very, very happy to be part of this game to represent the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, as well as as the continent of Africa uh, and, and to be part of the NBA's trip there this year. He didn't put up the statistics in the game, but that's not what's important. What's important is, uh, is what he does uh, on his own with that there. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But... The, the the thing about the, the thing about this trip was it did you know kind of bring into the spotlight again uh, uh, the the chance to ask a, a current Magic player about what they think about the Magic and the changes they made we we haven't really heard publicly from a lot of of current Magic players about the team and, and what and how it's improved or, or or what direction the team is going uh, Jonathan Isaac I believe was on the Shack was on the Shacks Shacks podcast. Uh, last week, I'm again. I'm still catching up on everything, but you know, Bismack Biombo did, did a conference call with reporters, uh, and some of the Orlando reporters, Josh Robbins and John Denton of of, of OrlandoMagic.com, and Josh Robbins, of the Orlando Sentinel, um, they spoke to Biombo and asked him about what he thought about the Magic's offseason. Uh, and and Biombo, I thought, had some interesting words and and some interesting thoughts about the team, and it goes in line with what I think. Biombo has said about the team throughout the whole year. He said, quote, I've known Jeff for a little while now, and obviously I've had a chance to talk to him and kind of understanding the mindset of the way they want to shift the whole organization and program. But at the end of the day, the moves they make, I think, was needed for us. We need some more fighters and people that really understand and care about winning. And I think they did that. You've got to build a winning culture, and we have got to continue to improve. And I'm sure all the players at the end of the season were disappointed. But you take that into summertime to improve and prepare yourself for the season. It's that 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 line that really stuck out to me is we need some more fighters. And I, I, I don't think he's taking a direct I don't think he's taking a direct shot. I think he's being critical of himself as much as he is everyone else. Because the Magic last year did have that issue. They, they had that issue where They'd get punched, they'd go down, and they'd stay down. You don't lose, what, six games by 30 or more points without having that issue. And so I think, and this is something you know I've talked about on several occasions on this show, and I'm sure I've talked about with, with several people as well, the Magic just lacked that intangible grit that, that, that a team needs to be successful. And I think that Orlando went out, you know, just generally looking for players that, that fit that style. Even for short-term signings, even for long-term signings. They were looking for guys who 
have that little bit of grit about them. The, the most obvious signing is Jonathan Simmons. Simmons is a guy who's had to pull himself up from his own bootstraps, literally paying his way into the NBA and fight his way into this league. He's someone that has had nothing given to him. And even as he signed a, a fat con, a big contract, not, not maybe the big contract he thought he was going to get, but a big contract, he said, I'm still worried about putting putting food on my table, food on my kid's table. And, and, and while that does seem a bit callous because he's going to make $6.3 million, $6. million this year, that, that can seem kind of callous to some people. That kind of attitude that I'm still fighting for every scrap that I can get in this league, that mindset translates to the court. It does mean something, I think, when someone feels like they have to fight to stay in this league. And it's again, it's not that the Magic didn't always have that. I think they had that in stretches. But everything didn't come together, and because players weren't fighting for each other necessarily or the struggle became very, very real, the team certainly had moments where it looked like they quit last year. And and, I, and Biombo actually went on to say that we have to come together early. We have to really band together early and create this mentality and this mantra if we want to be successful next year. And, and that is definitely a big piece of the puzzle. You know, Maurice Spates is another guy who's had to fight a lot to stay in the league. And he's not a perfect player by any means. He's not a great defender. You know, his, his offense is, is, is definitely unique. And he's certainly a bench player. But he's someone that, that, that has had to fight. Aaron Afalo is another guy, just kind of a solid, consistent guy. And that's something the Magic have missed. And so I think that when you look at this offseason, the Magic have done a good job adding a, a new element to the team. Adding a, 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 a bit of that fight that they missed. And I, so I think that Biombo's right that the team was missing this. And I think that the Magic went out and got it. The early reviews on the Magic's offseason are beginning to come in. And generally, they've been pretty okay. You know, Jeff Weltman seemed to, is certainly not going to say that the team is done by any stretch of the imagination. The team still has a lot of work it needs to do to get eventually where they want to go. But the thing he also said was, you know, we're pretty happy with the players we brought in this offseason. And when you look at how the Magic are being evaluated this offseason, things are generally looking up. There have been a few grades issued for the, for the Magic's offseason. And generally, the Magic are getting at least a passing grade. Kevin Pelton of ESPN Insider gave Orlando a B-, knocking them a little bit for the big contract they gave to Shelvin Mack, which is fair enough. Three years, six, three year, or two years, $12 million, second year non-guaranteed. It's not killer, but I understand the the, the allocation of assets. It's you're, you're, you're investing $13 million in backup point guards right now. I mean, it, it's a, signing Shelvin Mack is essentially saying DJ Augustin is, is off out of the rotation. And we're just going to eat that money. Jeff Zilgit also gave of USA Today also gave the Magic a B minus, and so you know, I think the grades are fair. I think that there's still a question of fit. I think the Magic didn't necessarily address some of their drastic needs, 
Uh, I think that that a lot of people probably saw the Magic and thought either this is these are the needs they need to address, and, and the Magic didn't do that. They didn't shuffle the the, the starting lineup uh, from a twenty nine win team. The Magic are going to roll back much the same group. Uh, and there's probably even a contingent of people that would say the Magic needed to completely tear down and rebuild again. That they needed to try and trade off some of the bigger contracts and just be willing to tank and restart. The Magic obviously weren't going to do that. Uh, and the Magic didn't do that, obviously. And so I think the B-minus grades that are coming out are just a little bit of confusion of what direction the Magic are going to go. What direction they're headed, what the end goal is. And, and to be honest... You know, I think a player like Jonathan Isaac and Jonathan Simmons really, and, and even to some extent Shelvin Mack, show the kind of mentality the Magic are looking for, that, that fighter mentality, that versatile, you know, length, defensive-minded mentality they want to have. But I don't think even Jeff Weltman knows. He's, he said he, he wants to be uh, a little bit more flexible. Uh, and so I think that the team is still mapping itself out and still figuring out exactly exactly what kind of team it wants to be. So, it, it, it's not 100% clear quite yet who the Magic are. And so, I think for a team lacking clarity, a B- minus is a fair grade. They added some solid contributors. They added some solid players. Uh, and, and, and they're headed back in the right direction. It just, it just may be not quite what people expected. What's going to be really interesting is how the season plays out. Because at the same time that, that all these grades are coming out and that, that everyone's thinking about how the Magic are going to play, you also get ESPN's Real Plus Minus projections coming out. Now, Real Plus Minus is definitely a flawed statistic. And, I, and I'm not sure even I understand everything that goes into it. But the ESPN statistic is how they decided to, to, be, to publish their first projections for the season. And the East A is going to be completely terrible, as we all expected. They have the Detroit Pistons making the playoffs at the eighth seed with 35 wins. That would be the low, the fewest amount of wins to make the playoffs since 1995 when the Boston Celtics got in with 35. Of course, the Magic beat them in four games. The Magic in that projection end up with 32 wins. 32.3 wins, actually. A modest improvement, to be sure, but coming from 29 wins to 32 would be okay. And I think real plus minus is probably a little bit skewed by some of the poor performances the Magic saw last year. So it's definitely the potential to be better. And of course, 32.3 wins gets you 10th place in the Eastern Conference. I think that's an okay place to start. It certainly suggests that the Magic are going to be better this year, which I think we all agree that that they should be. And it suggests that the Magic will be playing meaningful games into March and April, even if 35 wins should not be something to celebrate. I kind of believe that the Magic getting back to the 35-win mark, like they were two years ago, would be a pretty successful season. I think that would be a good step back up kind of get things back on track. You know, you can kind of grow and see what you have again. The reality is this Magic team is going for the playoffs. Not in the gung-ho, push-everything-into-the-middle-of-the-table way that they did last season. 
But you don't sign Aaron Aflalo to cut Marcus George's hunt if you're not pushing for some short-term results. But saying whether the Magic can make the playoffs right now is still really hard to say. A 32-win season is probably still not where the Magic want to be. If you're going to win 32 games, you might as well tank. I don't care how bad the East is. But this team is good enough. I I do believe this team is good enough to make the playoffs. I think they can come together in this Eastern Conference and make a playoff push. I'm not willing to bet on it, though. Because I think this team is just as likely to bottom out the same way they did last year as they are to get to that 35, 36, you know, who knows, 38 win mark and make a playoff push. I still think the number is going to be 38 to make the playoffs, by the way. I think they're probably short of that at the moment. I think they're, again, back to that 35 win mark. But I, I could see anything happening. I think that this Magic team is really hard to predict. Because while we saw, it, it, it all goes back to, to how the team played at the end of the season last year. We saw that team play aesthetically better, look like a real basketball team, yet they only won eight games. Eight of those final 24 games. A 333 win percentage. It's not good. That's a, I think that's on pace for 27 wins in an 82-game season. So, you can believe how good the team looked and believe the starters who looked really good and played really well. Do you believe that the bench has come together? Do you believe that everything has come together for this team to take that next step? That's the part that's hard to predict. And that's why I think when the schedule comes out, we're going to know pretty quickly whether this team can come together. I can say with I, I I'm I I would say with some confidence that how the Magic start is going to determine the rest of their season. They need to get off to a fast start. They need to come together quickly and generate some confidence to have a successful season. I mean we even saw two years ago you can have that quick start, that 19 and 13 start. And things can still fall apart pretty quickly. But right now, it's hard to say exactly who this Magic team is. They could be the worst team in the Eastern Conference because that scoring problem has not gone away. That shooting problem has not gone away. Or they could compete for a playoff spot. But maybe all that doesn't matter. Maybe... What we're looking at with this team is a little bit of a blank slate, of a clean slate. Not necessarily for the players on the team. We, we know kind of who they are. But for new management to evaluate the players on this team. Perhaps what we're looking at this season is, is a pure evaluation season. As I said on a podcast a few weeks ago, it, maybe this is truly just a prove-it year. Show me what you can do so that I can plan for the future, so I can plan for this team's future. 
And whatever happens, happens. You know, I've said this on the podcast a few times. I really believe this season is kind of a no-loss situation for the Magic. It's really a, a season to evaluate. To figure out, does Nikola Vucevic fit what we want to build here? Can he be part of this team's future? And more importantly, at what price? Where does Alfred Payton fit in? Where does Evan Fournier fit in? Where does Terrence Ross fit in? I think the Magic really want to figure how all these pieces fit first, or how all, what all these pieces look like first, and really kind of get to know them, because you can see it from the outside, learn some more of the internal dynamics, and let the pieces fall where they may for now, for the short term, for this season rather than go out and try and do some grand five-year plan. I don't think that is what Jeff Weltman wants to do. I don't think, A, that's what ownership wants to do. And I don't think that's something Jeff Weltman believes in, to have like a five-year plan that you stick to and regiment to like Hennigan did. Not that that's a bad idea either. I I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and I think I've said this. I liked the idea of what Rob Hennigan was trying to do. He just executed it poorly. Every any plan can fail because of poor execution. And so when it comes to this magic season, they are thinking playoffs. They went out and signed players to make the team competitive today. Because part of those evaluations that they're making are do we have something that looks like a playoff team? Because Making the playoffs does open doors, does create buzz among fans, but also among players to say, that's a playoff team. I can make them better. I can win here. That stuff does matter. Not making the playoffs is at the end of the world for this Magic team. But I do think, and I agree, and I agree with, with others who've written this, that the Magic do believe they can make the playoffs. And that is part of the evaluations they're making. Let's put these players in a more tangible winning position and see how it all shakes out. See how it all works. And if it doesn't work, we'll move on and keep evaluating and keep building from there. If it does work, we've learned something about our team. We can continue our evaluations and we can continue to get better. It's all kind of a blank slate because it's a new management group. We have our preconceived notions of who these players are, and and those are part of the evaluation. But it's also a a chance to reevaluate, to get a fresh set of eyes, to, to, to try and put players maybe in different positions and see if they really do fit the direction the team wants to go. That's going to be a lot of what this season is. And, you know, we'll see where the chips fall next April as far as whether the team makes the playoffs or not. Or whether it was even realistic to talk about this to begin with. ESPN seems to think it is realistic to talk about the playoffs. So I guess we will. That talk will come back again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode. It is going to be back in the chair here on Locked on Magic. 
So be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-R-R underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily, and like us on Facebook at orlandomagicdaily. Back in the saddle once again. Thanks, everyone, for letting me take a little vacation here in August. Uh, I'll be uh, going pretty hard for the rest of the summer. Got some fun stuff planned uh, for at least for next week, not so much this week. This week I'm kind of catching every, everything up. So if I'm I'm repeating myself a little bit, uh, I'm trying to catch up to what I missed over the last week. And I'm sure plenty will happen as well as we're expecting the schedule to come down uh, pretty soon. It's around this time of year that the schedule comes out. So that should be coming out fairly soon. We'll have a complete, uh, a complete breakdown of the schedule, including the games we're looking forward to once it comes out. But until then and until tomorrow, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked on Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17